Ten minutes after nine o'clock, free for all Friday. Thank you, Pierre. Flagler Live, always different perspectives on things going on locally and around the world. The watchdog of Flagler County. That's your cue, too, because you wanted to say hi to your dog. Listening, Devin. (laughs) What? Hey, Devin wants to make a shout-out this morning to right. her two pups at home. Devin, shout-out. Hi, Joshua and Squirm. Ow! All right. Perfect. Here comes the drums now. All right. All right. Free for All Friday officially on the air. That was uh, Devin. And we have also got Cat with us here today. Back again once a year. We kind of check in with our friends at the... Sea Turtle Hospital. Thanks for having us. Because it's our uh, uh, fundraiser coming up Tuesday for you, the Taste of the Fun Coast. Brittany, you guys coming? Coming? Oh, you... I was just talking to them that I need to still get my ticket. Okay. And um, and Ray, Tyner, we're going to be talking with you later too, but you're welcome to come if you need. Thanks. But, yeah. um, it's a great time at Hammock Beach Resort under the event tent. Brian, you're coming. and I hope so, yeah. Hopefully we get hundreds of people come out there for it every year. And the weather for next Tuesday looks awesome. And um, so we'll do check in with that. We're going to talk about sea turtles, obviously, the sea turtle hospital, what's going on, the money we raise, what's it help out for. I know the state um, has been very supportive of you and some exciting things there. But first of all, I'm wondering, like, you know, all the storms and the high tides and the waves and the flooding and everything, what the heck is going on? First of all, so we're going to go to our city manager out on Flagler Beach, Dale Martin. Morning, Dale. Good morning. How are you? All right. So uh, we have uh, Devin, we've got Kat, we've got Ray, we've got Brittany, and we have Brian McMillan here. So say good morning, everybody. Hey, Dale. Good, good morning. morning. Okay. So, Sounds like you got every seat full over there. We do. That's why, <laughs> that's why you're on the phone. All right. <laughs> hey, um, you know, because we are talking about sea turtles, and I was wondering, I mean, with all these, the waves and the, and the beach erosion and everything, how, first of all, how, what's the status of Flagler Beach right now as city manager out there, Dale? Um, there's a lot of things going on, so it's, uh, it's keeping me busy. Um, we're not quite too overwhelmed yet, but um, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep our head above water. Okay. As long as tides tide stay low. So, uh, have, have sea turtles, cat, Devin, you know, the, you're in touch with what's going on. Have, have Has it destroyed sea turtle nests, or what's the, are they used to this? Now, statewide, they've had a gangbusters year, uh, all species. Uh, we won't have any official reports out till the end of, what are we, October, mid-November, maybe. But, um, yeah, pretty much across the board, loggerheads, greens, leatherbacks have been up exponentially so great you know bring on the storms why, why no, is don't. that i'm just <laughs> kidding no, don't do that. <laughs> why is there any reason why it's such a good year for for turtles too soon to tell gotcha. we don't know all right well flagler beach then doing their part hey uh dale i want you to give us a quick update because it is um flagler beach a lot of things um starting there a lot of construction projects and that everything on track and kind of give us a quick for news here kind of a roundup on what you got going Sure. The uh, hotel construction should be starting here uh, momentarily, probably likely full swing next week. Is it going to be um, called Margaritaville Hotel, or is that just what everybody's calling it? No, I believe that's the official name, Margaritaville by Compass Hotels. Okay. So, All right, cool. Um, we had a, a public meeting on Wednesday night where we had the uh, engineering consultants for the pier and the beach renourishment program as well as FDOT. Um, if people are interested in it, um, the audio was recorded. There's a link to both the audio and the slides that were presented on the city's website. 
so uh, you can go and look at the slides. But um, the the circus will come to town uh, figuratively uh, next July when the Corps starts to mobilize and uh, start to stage equipment at Veterans Park. Um, so that project will go on probably through March of 2025. Hmm. Um, so while that's going on, as soon as they move out of the downtown area, they're going to renourish the area north of the pier and then jump to immediately south of the pier and then go all the way to the south down by uh, Gamble Rogers State Park and work their way back north. But once they leave the downtown area, then the pier people are going to come in. Um, so it's going to be it'll be busy within a block of City Hall. But uh, there will be closures on A1A, but all the restaurants, everything will be open. Um, there will be detours imposed. Um, and then when that's all done, and uh, the Corps is going to bring in probably about close to 1,000 or 1,500 dump trucks to build the ramps to get their heavy equipment down to the beaches. Um, so that's what necessitates the closures of some of the roads so there's not too much interaction between uh, civilian vehicles and the Corps trucks. Uh, but then... Uh, once that's done, then FDOT's going to come in and repave A1A uh, after all the heavy truck traffic. So it'll be a, a busy six months from July next year through December, um, but we'll get through that. It should be an exciting time. And this is there's no dredging? This is all <clears throat> being imported with truckloads? No, the, the truck sand is coming from Upland Mines, but they need to build ramps to get their bulldozers and pipes and things down to the beach. The beach renourishment will come from a hopper dredge located offshore, but they need to bring in the 10,000 cubic yards of sand to build the ramps to get the equipment down to the beach. So they'll build a ramp like that at the uh, what's commonly referred to as the lifeguard or emergency access right at the uh, intersection of A1A and, and uh, State Route 100. They'll build that ramp, work on the north of the pier. Then when they have that ramp built, they're going to jump down to the 6th Street parking lot at A1A, build another ramp down there, another 800 to 1,000 dump trucks to bring in sand because it's not beach. It has to be beach-compatible sand. Um, so they'll bring that sand, build another ramp, and that ramp will then go be used to go southward from the pier. And what color, a, what color will the sand be? Um, according to the core, it is not going to be the coquina sand because that's what's being pumped off of the... Uh, ocean floor um so it will it will not match the current red coquina sand but so, you were saying that it's it's compatible what do you mean by that with uh it's with, with compatible the, they they do all the analysis this is the geologist or the the scientists that determine whether the sand they're pulling from the ocean floor they call it beach compatible but they made the specific comment during the public hearing or public meeting on wednesday that it will not be the red coquina Based so after the after the construction is done, then what happens to that that uh, that long ramp that's being built for the equipment? We we ask them to keep the ramp at the uh, lifeguard um, area just to facilitate our access to the beach. Uh, but they're putting in probably and the other ramps will be removed. But they're putting in one and a half million cubic yards of sand. Um, so. Uh, they're saying that the beaches it's going to come up 19 feet so the the beach will come up almost as high as a1a and then it will extend outward ocean wise about 100 to 150 feet wow so right now uh, so, how wide is the beach you know on average i know sometimes i know the it's probably 30 to 40 feet so tops. it's going to go so, 100 and what feet out 
150 feet. Wow. Is this good for so sea turtles, guys? We've got our um, Whitney Labs here. Is that? You know, sandy beaches are good for people and turtles. Yeah. So this okay. is the uh, They got a longer, a longer run back to the water. than. Uh, <laughs> it's better than only rocks. Yeah, true. All right. Well, so it's actually, is, is this a good news report, Dale? Oh, I think very much so. And, uh, well, that has no place sick. on the news, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. Or on social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so this is all happening. It's all paid for, right, with the grants and funding and taxes and all that stuff? Correct. Uh, the feds are paying for the, the bulk of it, and the beach, beach renourishment is a long-term project. It's actually a 50-year project. And through this federal appropriation, um, there will be a renourishment scheduled every 11 years. Um, over the course of the next 50 years. But um, if there is major storm damage because of this program through the Corps of Engineers, the feds will renourish the beaches after a major storm at 100% federal cost. Okay. All right. Well, great. And, you know, somebody, I think it was one of the engineers said that there is no, there is no beach on the east coast of Florida that is natural. It's all been man-made for the last 50 years with Army Corps of Engineers. Because Mother Nature wants the Atlantic Ocean to meet the Gulf of Mexico. Is that true? Yeah, I'd have to defer the engineers on that one, David. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're I just enjoy what we have. Yeah, let's enjoy it while we got. Thank you, uh, Dale, by the way, also for being our new city manager and pulling the city together out there on Flagler Beach. Uh, we appreciate you taking the job. Yeah. It's been a warm welcome here in Flagler County and look forward to a long stay. All right. Hey, come on out Tuesday to the Taste of the Fun Coast. Do you know about that? Yes, sir. Okay, if you come on out there and I'll uh, buy you a beer. How's that? All right. Well, thank you, David. Everybody have a great weekend. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, that's good news here. I mean, gee whiz, I hate to break the whole spirit of bad news, but um, the sea turtle, because I thought with all the storms and the beach erosion and everything, that would be bad for turtles, but you're saying... They're, you know, so far the reports were looking pretty good. And these storms are cyclical events, so you know they mm -hmm. have to contend with erosion for millennia. So. so the Whitney Lab Sea Turtle Hospital, what's going on? It's been about a year since we talked to you. Any, what's new going on? First of all, Devin, tell us a little bit about you and what you do out there. Hi, everybody. Um, I am the hospital manager at the Sea Turtle Hospital, and I oversee the patient care uh, on a daily basis, along with my team that's back home watching and listening or listening to us. Leave and Kaylee. Appreciate you guys. Our hospital is about to celebrate our eight-year anniversary of being open, which is a really exciting thing um, for us at the hospital. Just this year, we've taken in 65 juvenile sea turtle patients, and we are at almost a record-breaker year with over 280 hatchlings and post-hatchlings. So those storms uh, do push in those babies this time of year, and we're a constant 24-hour emergency care unit for those little guys that are in right now how do they come to you how do they come through your emergency room door <laughs> ambulance yeah turtle ambulance <laughs> sound the alarms it's just an amazing group of people the turtle patrol along the coast um and we work with uh from the georgia line all the way down to the volusia county line and it's just people out there on the beaches spotting these babies, but there is an active washback turtle patrol team that are out there the first and third Saturdays of the month looking for these little babies that happen to wash up during those strong currents and offshore winds right now. So does it, is it, um, I mean, are these babies being washed back up because of man-made 
forces or because mother nature is, mother is nature. just mother nature. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're, they're amazing animals with what they can do, but moms are up nesting from typically May until uh, mid September. And then all of those yearlings that are just hatching, um, get pushed back in just like we were talking about the storms, the offshore winds, the currents change and shift. And then the, the little weaker ones get pushed back in. So what are they, how do, what, what are, what are the injuries? I mean, are they, drowning victims i mean what how <laughs> they're absolutely exhausted and debilitated some of them are very thin and weak and they just need a little extra tlc so they're typically with us for a couple of weeks up to a couple of months so the sea, sea turtle patrol sees them struggling usually they're just washed right back in with that rack line so that, just that weed line that's out, out of there. gas just exactly wow. how, how big are we talking these they're little babies tiny, like so they fit in the palm of your hand exactly they're about are five centimeters or a little bit larger. Wow. They're, they're tiny little guys. <laughs> now, when I was out there, I saw some bigger turtles in the tanks that you were working yeah, on. Yeah, so we what? have our juvenile patients, which it's a very um, scientific term. We call them dinner plate size. Uh, <laughs> so those individuals are typically about... 30 to 40 centimeters long. So, so much bigger. You think of your, your dinner plate. And the babies are more like turtle soup dumplings. Or something. <laughs> yeah. You brought up the dinner, not me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our, our juvenile patients is what we primarily focus on year round. And then this time of year is our hatchling washback season, which since we've opened, we've taken in hundreds every season, but the juveniles are the ones that we care for on the day to day basis throughout the year. And those individuals um, come in for many different reasons reasons, whether they're hit by a boat, caught in a hook and line, debilitated, weak. Um, just when we think we have an idea of what these animals are doing and what the, the year is going to look like, they change it up on us. But typically they're pretty weak or debilitated as well this time of year um, and just need a little bit of assistance in order to get strong enough. But the, the goal of our hospital is to rehabilitate these animals and then get them returned back to their natural so, environment. So Kat, you were saying, I was asking before, what's the cause of all this improve, like more robust turtle season? I mean, do you guys feel that you're making a difference in potentially more, I mean, more nests and stuff like in, in the long term? In the long term, in the long term, sure. Um, but these guys have to be 30 years or so to be re reproducing. 30 years. Yeah. So I know Holy you're probably cow. just turning 30 this year. <laughs> so when you were Not a exactly. little one, <laughs> um, but, so 30 years ago, or more the efforts the conservation efforts are starting to catch wow. up so that's it that's why when you're like hey what's going on this year we can give you a snapshot but it's hard to speculate because it's always this long you know long time period but you may contribute to say 300 more hatchlings definitely. having a chance kind definitely. of hmm. yeah. um a lot of uh, i know the state uh, Paul Renner has been a good friend of you since he's got his influence as Speaker of the House and helping out our homeland here in Flagler County and um, and you as well. So what is uh, some expansion going on? You bet. So it was kind of interesting hearing the timeline for the sand because spring of 2025 is when uh, we've been told that we'll have a new hospital and laboratory. So the state has been amazing along with the private um, philanthropy uh, we're building a new lab in Sea Turtle Hospital. We've already started the demolition, and they're going to start site work here in a couple weeks with maybe full-on construction mode by December, January. But what, what, kind of what kind of research are you doing out there? Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so the Whitney Lab is a pretty cool uh, and unique place, as you probably know. We're part of the University of Florida, but uh, we're just far enough away to get into our own trouble. 
um, which is good. So for <laughs> sea turtle research, we're working on the fibropapilloma, the, tu the tumor disease that, that um, all of our juveniles have. Um, in addition to, you know, regeneration and other kinds of, uh, you know, neurologic type things that are beyond the scope of the sea turtle world. But yeah, the Whitney Lab's a pretty special place, so there's there's lots the, of opportunities. The, the regeneration, talk about oh, that. Oh boy, for, no, don't. <laughs> That's for a Mark Martindale conversation. That's uh, my director. Okay. All right. Not for turtles, but a little. As I understand, little though, that was that was kind of like a salamander regenerates an arm when it gets cut off. Yeah, that's and, a basic. And you guys are kind of studying why can't maybe humans someday with DNA <laughs> and all those sort of things like. Yes. So and, it's. I think that's just. And it's the process. The how does that happen? Mm -hmm. Is what the researchers work on. Okay. See, did, Ray, did you know what they're doing out there? <laughs> this thing? It's like a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we I'm learn impressed. more. So, Cat, your official introduction here. Not being. Tell everybody what you do and and uh, and what Cat Eastman does at the uh, Whitney Lab. So I'm the program director, which means um, I get to do fun things like go on the radio with you guys. Uh, <laughs> work on raising money via grants and reports and public talking, you know, speaking opportunities. Um, what else do I do? I don't know. I feel like... Who's the mayor at Marineland these oh, days? Oh, that's Angela Tenbrook. She, um, okay. yeah, she is not part of the Whitney Lab. Uh, you know, a long time ago we had a postdoc that was the mayor. But yeah, um, yeah we've got some fun things in the town um, kind of coming together. So uh, it's a good, good place up there. All right. Okay. Well, it's so cool. And uh, people not to do with marine land. This is the uh, laboratory across the street on the other side. And uh, do you really don't visitors? You have a little gift shop in there. Do you want we people do. to We do. We have a little gift shop. Can I just tell you a couple of things? You know, we mentioned yeah. those washbacks. If people want to adopt a washback, we have a really cool, um, you know, campaign for washback adoptions this month. Really? Yes. And uh, everything on our Whitney Lab website. Uh, not that you would take one home. No, 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 no. no. Okay. It's, let's see, what it are they? trick or treat season. <laughs> see, I, I was picturing you get a plastic thing with a plastic uh, palm no. tree on it and a little a, ramp. And a I was picturing a, a big plastic bag full yeah. of water and a sea turtle. <laughs> I'm glad you. It's just okay. like a goldfish. Okay. Um, no, but so the 18th, let's see, October 18th through November 1st, um, you can adopt a washback. You can name it. Uh, we also. I have to tell you next Friday. So you can come and see the turtle and you, kind of adopt you, it, and this would be. Uh, so we, we have. Um, Devin, you tell them. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, can yeah. I get emo you don't want us to get emotionally involved with a turtle? I mean, they're no. they're amazing animals, but we always have to remember that they're an endangered species. And mm -hmm. yes, they're in our care, but they're very charismatic. Um, they have facial expressions. They absolutely have their yeah. well, not facial expressions. They I'm sorry, smile, but and they everything? have their own individual oh. personalities. I'm sorry. Hey. Um, but our hospital, yes, you can come take a private behind the scenes tour and those are led by one of our animal care specialists and they guide you through our hospital and the different departments that make up our hospital and you absolutely get to go onto the viewing deck where these animals are kept and learn about their individual stories and what makes them unique and why they're in our hospital and the goal for them of course being able to be returned back home um, but to bring back to the, the hatchlings and the washbacks they're super cute they're super tiny but they're absolutely a patient of ours they get the exact same care as our juvenile patients and typically our juvenile patients are with us from six months to a year so it's a, a pretty long stay at our hospital mm -hmm. and the babies are kind of a fast track because they're not 
up against as much as our juveniles. Um, but a lot of work and a lot of dedication and a lot of um, money does go into these these little guys. Um, so what we have is sponsor the care of our patients and adopt a washback program, which you symbolically adopt a washback <laughs> and you're able to name them. So like I said before, we get over hundreds of hatchlings in our care. And um, it's very difficult at times to decipher who is who, but we do have a great um, identification process. So we do actually know, especially my team, Kaylee and Leah back at the hospital can tell you exactly which baby is which baby. Um, but the the adopt, symbolically adopt a washback program is a great way to help support these babies, support us, but then you get to name the individuals, which is super great and super supportive, but it's great that um, we get to learn their names as that happens, which is really awesome. And we've had hundreds of people support us and name these babies. And when you are supporting and adopting these individuals, you get a certificate, I believe in the mail or emailed um, that has that you symbolically adopted a washback and then your washback's name and a little bit about the hospital, which is pretty neat. What else is on the list there? You Because I know you got to get back to take care of your patients. <laughs> we, you stopped us with the adoption thing. <laughs> Right, go ahead. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. Yeah. We have our, like I mentioned, our eight-year anniversary of the hospital opening, um, which is next Tuesday, the 24th, which just happens to be our sixth anniversary at Taste of Fun Coast, which we're super excited about. Um, and then we actually are doing a pop-up open house next Friday on the 27th from 3 to 5 that folks can come and learn a little bit more about our hospital and got some great educational things happening. And then, of course, that's a discount to come on to the deck and meet some of our current patients and of course just meet the amazing staff and some of the things that we're doing at the hospital we're encouraging kiddos that want to come that day to wear their halloween costume if they uh if they choose okay <laughs> all right well you know a lot of people move to the area listen to the show we've had people that are getting ready to move down here and listen to the radio stations and read the newspapers kind of see what am i getting myself into moving to palm coast but um, I think it's such a cool thing that we have right here in our community that a lot of people don't, they don't really, they don't separate the difference between Whitney Labs and Marine Land across the street. So, um, so call, if, if I would call ahead if I was going to bring my kids down there or something and say, hey, is it okay if we come by on a certain day? <laughs> if you check out the website, the website's probably the best way to see what things okay. are happening. Social media is also the way of the world. So we are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but the best thing is you can sign up for a private tour um, through that website. Or, of course, you can always, um, you know us, you can reach out to us. But mm -hmm. the best way, we're, we're busy. We're a tiny but mighty hospital team. Um, so. so give us the website and then we'll uh, let you get back to taking care of the patients <laughs> www.whitney.ufl.edu all right how's that okay well hey thanks a lot Devin. cat we'll see you tuesday at taste of the fun Coast, wait, Hammond Beach resort all right we're gonna take a break and we're gonna talk about the future of palm coast and we've got ray tyner who is the palm coast deputy chief development officer Brittany kershaw the voice of Palm Coast. We got Brian, we got you, and we're going to find out how you can help shape the future here. We'll be right back. It's lumpy, it's bumpy, and your driveway is dumpy. Call R.D. and Sons Paving. They've been paving since 1959. Driveways, walkways, stone and gravel, repairs too. They beat competitor prices. R.D. and Sons Paving, 386-302-3406. 
If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. Solar fit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. A powerful and well-respected law firm in Florida is now in Palm Coast. Don't play around with insurance companies when you're injured. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury, call us first. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorkham.com. It's new. The Palm Coast Report. Your number one source for all local news, all in one place. Palm Coast Report. Local news you can trust. Truth meter verified. Follow on Facebook or online at palmcoastreport.com. Yes, absolutely. Palm Coast is blessed to have a company like this. Owners that care about not only about the community, but they care about hiring within Palm Coast and providing um, nice salaries for those that live here. And they, they really, truly invest back within. free for all Friday, and uh, what a great place we live and all the troubles of the world. Kind of uh, got so many good things going on here in Palm Coast, Florida. You got to keep things into perspective. Right, Brian? Absolutely. Great place. Yes, it is. Brittany Kershaw, you're a big fan of uh, Palm Coast. You're the I'm the chief cheerleader for Palm Coast. <laughs> you that's are. what my LinkedIn profile says. I know, and you, you, you can't fake the excitement. That's for sure. You do a great job of it, and uh, we hear you on the on the radio. You're the voice of Palm Coast with the uh, press releases and everything, and you, know, you do a great job. Uh, Ray Tyner, you've been with the city for a long time with different titles and things, and now you're the Palm Coast Deputy Chief Development Officer. What is that? Well, basically, it's uh, helping our director through the community development department, you know, our, our uh, division code, code enforcement, uh, building, I predominantly focus on planning and site development. And so there's a lot of work to do. Right. A lot of work. We are busy. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, and right now we're into the, uh, the comprehensive plan, right? Which is designing the next 50 years in the future of our, explain what is it? Why do we do this? And, and, um, and, and what's that mean to the, citizens of palm coast well, i tell you it, it is an exciting time for our citizens i mean when we became a city i think we were like a close to thirty-five thousand people right now we're at 102 right so state law requires every county in every city to have a comprehensive plan it's required by state law and when we became a city in december of 1999 we had to create this and it's a it's a roadmap for the future it, it creates the city vision. Uh, it is a roadmap toward, um, you know, management, managing growth. Okay. So one way to like view what a comprehensive plan is in, in, in your mind, right? So let's, let's talk about Hialeah, Florida. Sometimes I use that as an example. They have a comprehensive plan. Orlando has a comprehensive plan. Different visions, right? So if you lived in Hialeah, Florida, it's not unusual that you have a single family uh, house and right next to it's going to be industrial uh, high rises in Orlando right the businesses so Palm Coast when you when you look at why people were coming here and the vision that 
we have a different comprehensive plan and a different vision than other counties or other cities. So since the growth, um, it's time to open it up to the public again. We, we have a lot more population. We want to hear from all 102,000 people out there on what our issues are, how we grow, and, and what, our, what our future roadmap should be. Brian? So I have a question. So, I mean, basically the whole city already is zoned, right? For, for in some way, like this is residential, that is commercial and, and everything. So if, the, if it's already divided up like that for certain uses, then what, what do we as a community have the power to do? I mean, if I own that land and it's zoned commercial already, the comp plan couldn't change and say that land is now zoned residential. It, it, it like I, I bought it, you know, it's commercial, let's say, you know, so what, what, what can the changes in the comp plan actually do that, that would impact people? Well, well, it, our comp plan includes uh, different chapters. Okay. So we have a transportation, so there's policies on future moving forward on, on transportation, you know, what's our trips going to be, where do we want our future roads? Uh, and we also have land out west. We have other lands that, that are in the city currently. We have lands that will be in the city. Is so there how land are that, we going to grow? Is there land that is currently just unzoned? Like it doesn't have a use assigned to it? There, there isn't. Uh, some, some of it's in the county. Uh, all property in, in Palm Coast has, um, you know, or in the county has either county zoning or future land use designation. Um, but yeah, all of it does. I mean, we, we, when we were incorporated in 1999, for example, we already had existing zoning from, from, from the, the county. county. Yeah. And then we incorporated our vision and how, how we would grow, such so, as, you know, European Village. You know, that was kind of created as a village center. It, it wasn't, you know, designated that as a county. So you got kind of your European Village area, cluster of businesses where you have opportunities to create something different than single family homes. So you have the European village, uh, you know, businesses on the bottom, uh, residential on top, you have the Palm Coast resort, you ha kind of have those nodes. So you also will have opportunities in the, in the future to try to I uh, identify where you have opportunities. Does to do a, the comprehensive plan have legal power where somebody can go? No, no, no. The comprehensive plan says this is what we're doing. Absolutely. Really? I mean, it, it, it really does. I mean, um, you know, you'll hear planning staff say that it's consistent with the comprehensive plan. Uh, it, it absolutely has legal uh, powers. There, there are, you know, challenges when, when there are challenges out there. Um, you know, you can challenge a, a, a project that it's not consistent with, with the comprehensive does the, plan. The, so we had a comprehensive plan 50 years ago? And it's expired, or how does that work? Well, growth law, not, not so much 50 years ago. Um, state law required, and our consultant might, might remember the year. but uh, Kathy, what, what was the year? The <laughs> plan that we are updating right now is 2004. Okay. Magic of radio. It Holy is. Well, you that happen? Happen? <laughs> anything we want to yeah. know, Kathy. Yeah, I think, I think Kathy was talking uh, the growth management law. Um, oh, the Growth Management yeah. Act. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't understand the question. Right. Uh the Growth Management Act originally was put in, I think, in 85. Okay. All right. So, um, by the way, I'm Kathy Eba with JB Pro Consultants. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. And uh, so they said, hey, we got to have Kathy on this radio show. So why do we have to have Kathy on this radio <laughs> show? 
Um, so I am leading the team of planners from uh, across the state of Florida, actually. We have uh, Calvin Giordano, Sil- Sylvia Vargas from Miami. We have Alora Mills-Gutcher uh, with the Planning Collaborative out of Panama City. And we have Jason Green with Access Infrastructure um, out of the southwest Florida area. Um, and we are all planners who have worked extensively in local government um, and now and have done comprehensive plans for local governments, with local governments. Uh, Sylvia has worked across the country and, and um, in fact, out of the country on comprehensive plans. So they hired our team because we uh, – it's always good sometimes to have a little bit of a different perspective. Um, our, the great thing about our team, and these are the kinds of comp plan projects that we all like to work on, is when the, the project team isn't – isn't just consultants. It's a, it's a mixture of consultants and city staff. Um, we think we think those are the best kind of plans because they they really they really bring in everybody's uh, knowledge, experience, um, and make make a good project team. So we're excited so, to be part part of this and looking forward to working on it. And I my role is the project manager. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining. Uh, to me, it seems like. What a mess this would be because you're asking the public to come for it. You said we want all 102,000 people. In. So I'm picturing this funnel, you know, with everybody throwing all their thoughts into it. That's what you're asking for, right? That's right. That's what yeah. city council is asking for. They, you know, a lot of times when cities and counties update their comprehensive plan, they have a couple public meetings. Whoever shows up, that's who shows up. But our city council challenged us to reach out to the community and hear from them. What do they want the future of Palm Coast to be? So that's that's why we have Kathy on board so, and her team, and that's what we're trying to do. I, I'm guessing, and it's a happy mess. We like it that way. I mean, this, I mean uh, it's 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 a happy mess because it gives everybody a a chance to throw their idea. Like you said, you know, you just you're throwing ideas at the table. You're seeing what everyone has. I've been actually working um, on this morning on pulling together the thoughts that we got last week, and there's all different kinds of ideas um, that people have already brought forward to the table. And we, that's, that's the beauty of it. It gives everybody a, a chance to say, this is what I think Palm Coast does well. It's what I think Palm Coast needs to be better. It's what I think Palm Coast is today. And it's what, who I think Palm Coast should be tomorrow. And out of all of that, you're going to get great thoughts and ideas, and you're going to uh, identify some shared and common goals for the future, and you're going to establish what is our what is our future vision. What's the vision we can all buy into? It doesn't mean that it is going to be an easy process. It's definitely going to be a messy process because there's going to be compromise and there's going to be exchanges of ideas of people who don't necessarily agree with each other. Um, but in the end, it's going to be it's going to be a plan that we all can buy into. And when you get that kind of plan, those are the ones that get executed the best. The reason you do this kind of comp plan is because these are the ones the community takes ownership of, and they're the ones that long-term, and not just, not just five, ter- five years or ten years, but 20 years, 30 years, these are the ones that people really keep hold of and keep, keep making sure get done piece by piece. Brian McMillan is the publisher, owner of our local newspaper here at Palm Coast Observer, and our co-host here, Kathy, and so he's got something for you. Yeah, my, my question is, some of the feedback I've seen on the comp plan so far is something like, just as an example, we really want a skate park in Palm Coast. So is that something, I mean, what do you do with that kind of a suggestion in the comp plan? I mean, is that something where the city council would hear that and say, 
you know what? I agree. Let's all vote that there will be a skate park. I mean, is that part of the comp plan or is that really nothing to do with the comp well, plan Well, let's process? think about that for a second from abroad. And yeah. Kathy can chime in too, but skate park, youth, mm-hmm. right? Do we need more youth opportunities here? Are we, are, do, do we need more of those different activities to keep our uh, children here happy and, and have, have people stay here after they graduate. So, you know, those are types of things that you can look at. You, we're going to get a lot of specifics like that, but let, let's look at it from a philosophical standpoint, what people are really, really asking. Is that something but where... You can, you can definitely have very specific ideas. So 20 years ago, um, I was the project manager working for the city of Venice doing uh, a Envision Venice, which was our comprehensive plan. And one of the ideas that were, was put into the parks element of the Venice comprehensive plan was to do a kids' water park. Today, there is a kids' water park um, in downtown Venice. So, yes, you can we definitely... Love splash pads and Yeah, splash pad. you, can, you can definitely <laughs> do those kind of very specific items in a comprehensive plan. People think about a comprehensive plan as a land use document, but it's really more than that. It's a it's an environmental document. It's a public services document. It's a parks document. It's a transportation document. It's a governance document. It's a housing document. It's it's every it's a community character document. It's a document that says this is who we are and this is who we want to become in a whole lot of different areas. So this isn't just um a tangible thing because when you said a kind of what is the character what is the future character of palm coast could be intangible things that would be mm-hmm. part of the yeah. plan yeah i mean that's a vision is not a necessarily a tangible thing right what is what's the vision i we've had a, i've had a couple of comments that that we've gotten of who is who is palm coast what is palm coast what is palm coast identity you know those are not necessarily tangible ideas um they're lofty vision ideas so this is both a tangible document and an aspirational document. All right, and, and well, and the, we, we're paying you, right? City of Palm Coast pays uh, Kathy Eba here. Yeah, I'm getting paid. All right, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, well, why are we paying Kathy? What does she know about Palm? But here's what I see, because you're talking about Venice, Florida. Great, I used to live over that way, by the way. What a great city that is. So yeah. y- you can bring some good ideas, maybe from other communities. That hey, well, we kind of oh, that would fit in well here. So you can. Um, instead of just everybody telling you what we want and, and doing it, you can bring good ideas to Palm Coast. Yeah, it's, it's a two-way street. First, we bring ideas of experience. As I said, Sylvia Vargas has worked across the country. When you look at the four primes on, this, uh, on the consultant team, and there's, we are, we have, there's more than four of us, but the four of us who are the primes on it, we have collectively almost 150 years of planning experience, most of it in comp planning. Um, or vision planning or master planning of communities. So this is the area of planning that we really have all focused on. Um, and we can bring experience from places that we've done. We also can provide a mirror. You know, when Ray or Jose or the, someone else in the community, Brittany, says something, we put up a mirror and say, is this really who you are? Is this what you want to become? So we, we do two things. One, we bring ideas, but we also help reflect what the community is asking of itself and ask and we can ask further questions because we've worked other places so we understand what those questions are to ask to kind of get to the the root of the vision well and with things changing so fast you know i mean because you know back in the day it was oh shopping mall yeah we want a big uh 
you know, a town center shopping mall with J.C. Penney's and Sears and Moss Brothers and all those kind of things and happened and they built them all. And suddenly, who would ever thought that uh, the way we consume and shop and everything now they don't know. what. So how do, how how I mean, how do you have a futuristic? It's kind of a, um, a crystal ball in a way to tell what would this city look like in 10-year increments uh, moving forward and, and everywhere? How do you, because you're talking about human behavioral changes and, and wants and needs. See, that's where the plan needs to be flexible. That's where you, you, that's why the aspirational components of it, because you can always look at the aspirational, even as, even as um, technology changes our community, even as places change our community and things, our, our needs change our communities we can still understand what's the aspirational fundamental character of whom Palm Coast is. And as change happens, we can keep asking the question, does this meet that vision? Is, is this change going to achieve that vision of who we are? So somebody that lives in Palm Coast now, that go, you know, hey, you know, I'm from Michigan, and back in Michigan, in our, my hometown, we had this really cool thing or area and how we had whatever so if 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 somebody listening right now you have something that you are impressed with somewhere else bring it forward throw it in the funnel and um and you know maybe something like that can become a reality i mean like and we're talking about parks so ray and so the categories here we're talking about for palm coast kind of give us an overall view like in in arts i mean in recreation and what yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our complaint has uh, so many different chapters in it, like Kathy had talked about. We have a housing chapter. We have a conservation and coastal chapter. Chapter. We have an infrastructure tra- uh, chapter. We have a transportation chapter. Like we public have a, transportation? Something yeah, like that. that'll be yeah. all part of that chapter. We have intergovernmental coordination. How, we're, how, how are we going to coordinate with local governments in the future and continue to do that? We have... So it all is, a, that's why they call it comprehensive. It really is comprehensive of all those different chapters. And, and you're asking, and that's why we had you on, because you're asking people listening to the radio program now and their neighbors and friends and coworkers and everybody that you have to be a resident of Palm Coast to submit something? No, absolutely not. So it's about the community. I mean, we have, we have people who, you know, uh, work out that, that live outside of the community and may work in the community. So, you know, Palm Coast is also, we want their feedback. How, how are we to our visitors? Um, but, but it is, you know, uh, predominantly residential, but it's for all, all of the community. So right now we're in the let's collect ideas phase of this. Yes. The visioning phase. Yes. Okay. And so, Hey, if you got an idea, so I got, yeah, I got an idea, but I don't feel like filling out a whole bunch of forms for the, the city <laughs> here. Um, go ahead. Yeah, Brittany. <laughs> we have we have so many opportunities for people to get involved. You know, one of the challenges that uh, city council put on us is to go where the people are. So if you're hanging out in our parks, you might see us and we'll hand you a card or have a conversation with you. Um, we have a bunch of city events, which everyone knows and loves. And we're going to be at all of those for the next year, trying to collect information and get to know what this community wants to see in the future. We also have a website. If people don't want to talk to us, they don't have to. They can go on the website and they can still give us their feedback. So um, it's on the homepage of palmcoast.gov. If you scroll to the bottom, there's a big Imagine 2050 um, tile there. 
and you can go there and interact with us online. Um, you can so this is a year-long year, year long collection process? It will be a year-long year, year long process, approximately, yeah. you got to talk about social, social pinpoint, though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's on our website. So if you go to um, palmcoast.gov forward slash imagine 2050, all one word, uh, or no spaces, I guess that's words and letters. Um, you can go on there, and we have an interactive website. Um, we have uh, polls and a vision board and a mapping tool where you can, like, drag your, your marker around Palm Coast and say, I want to park right here, or I want a, um, you know, multifamily housing over in this area, however you would want to, to put the, your uh, envision your future. So it could be like, uh, I want Palm Coast to have a zoo. Sure, absolutely. That wouldn't be a crazy thing to... Not if that that's I what do, you I want just... to see, we want to know it. We're okay. not saying that we'll but have not, a zoo, but, but not we, in my backyard. We're going to consider all <laughs> feedback for sure. Brian, yeah, Kathy, maybe you could be one to answer this about you know from, from your experience with other communities. But one of the um, chapters it looks like is housing. Is that one yes. of the, one of these chapters? So what mm -hmm. if people said um, we in Palm Coast want to have you know more affordable housing because. Housing is going crazy, and you know we're, that's what we're most concerned about in the next, say, twenty-five years is the housing costs. What, what, in your experience, could a city do about that if the community said we want more, you know, our housing costs to be more affordable? I mean, what, what, what could the city really do if, if that's what the comp plan said? So there's strategies that can accomplish different goals. So if a community says it wants to have more affordable housing. There are strategies for improving housing that we know different different things cost more money. So if you want bigger, you know, the bigger the land, uh, the more costly. So if you put a smaller lots or more multifamily, like Brittany just said, um, those things tend to cost less. If you identify different um, different features of communities, they can cost more, they can cost less. So there are different types of strategies that you can put in place um, and that, that comes to, you, you asked the question, you started off the interview with the question about zoning. That's where we will be looking at the future land use map, and we will be looking at the strategies that we can put in play um, throughout the community to, to make sure that we can, uh, where can we identify these new strategies? Where do we support the existing, and where do we change what's, what, change what's been prescribed? Well, Kathy, um, oh, go so ahead. There are a lot of opportunities for for different types of strategies, for all different kinds of things, from like Ray said, how do you create community uh, kid-focused communities? We know strategies that have worked across uh, across Florida and across the country to to encourage kid activities, to improve improve uh, walkability. Those are all the strategies that we will evaluate throughout this process. The West um, expansion here has got to be. I mean, it seems like the perfect time for this because mm -hmm. it's a clean slate, basically. That is very rare in Florida um, at, at this time. With um, with that much land out there that's uh, that can be repurposed, that's basically all agriculture right now. Yeah. Um, so that's got to be kind of exciting for somebody in your business to vision something without obstacle. Yeah, I mean those those kind of opportunities are, are really great when you can think about what an area might become in the future um, and. Uh, but there, but there's no without obstacle, right? There's there's the people who who like things the way they are, people who want to change things, people who want to change things and they want them to be like this, people want to change them and they want them to be like that. So even in those areas where 
you know that you're going to see change and the, there isn't an established development pattern, there's still a lot of, um, a lot of people who have a, a strong opinion about what happens to ha- happen in those areas, and that's where we have those conversations. That's why this, you know, when you say it's a year process, it is a year, and it's probably a year-plus process to the time we actually have the new comprehensive plan adopted. But we're not all going to be in the visioning phase. There'll be a, a point for, that will transition from visioning to a discussion about what the vision is, and that's going to be when we take all of those ideas and we we determine where we're headed. And then the next phase is to say, okay, how do we achieve that vision? What are the priorities of our community to achieve that vision? And then there's the phase of actually um, coming back and saying, here's the document and here's the ideas that we've put together. Did we get this right? So, so it's a long it's a long effort, but but each component has about a two or two to three month period, and you're into the next section. And we're not so, going to and we're talking about a comp plan, but long term after that, then we have to do modifications to our land development code to implement that new vision of the comp plan. But we'll be back to talk about that a year and a half or from now. So, so, so developers um, have got to look at this as this is their time, you know, not just individual citizens here, but, mm-hmm. you know, developers that want to build communities and schools and other hospitals and all on that. Like it, cause the West County is really like poised to be building a whole new city from scratch. Isn't it? Do you see it that way, Ray? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely potential for growth, growth out West for sure. I mean, um, I mean, that's where we have to grow. Yeah, right. So right. that's right. right. All right. Well, hey, uh, Kathy, um, thanks for joining us this morning on Free For All. Any final words from you before we let you get on with your weekend? <laughs> no, we just we're really excited. We're thankful to uh, Palm Coast for trusting us to be a part of this project team. We we have the best partners possible in Ray and Brittany and, and Jose and the rest of the team. Um, and we're we're excited. We can't we can't wait. We had a great start last week, and we're just ready to keep moving. Okay. Well, we'll have you back on and update us with the progress of phase one. Okay. We look forward to it. All right. Take care. All right, Kathy Eba with JB Pro Consultants. So, um, so we're out of time as we go here. But uh, Brittany Ray, so people listening, go. Oh, yeah, I got some ideas or some things I don't want to see happen, and <laughs> things I do want to see happen. So what's the next event or go to the website, give us uh, how we reach out to you. Yeah, the website is going to have all the information. It has our entire project schedule. So it lists out all the events that we're going to be at. The next one is Palooza, which is going to be at Holland Park on October 28th from 3 to 5 p.m. So you can bring your pup out and uh, maybe your pup has a plan for the future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You can say everybody and anybody. I would like to, can we see um, the media? Can we see like some of the ideas that people have from oh, crazy to great absolutely well are you going to be the judge yeah let's David. do that we can do it right here we, we have nothing to lose yeah i don't judge baby contests anymore i learned that the hard way anyway so ray final words from you give us some words of wisdom as the palm coast deputy chief development officer we want to hear from everybody that's our goal you know our council's goal let's uh hear from one hundred and two thousand people and and uh let's have everybody uh, enjoy where they live. Like we, that's why we're all here today, right? Because we mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's all right, a great very place. good. And Brittany, what's up? Final words from you? 
yeah, just come out to our events. Come talk to us. Let us know your visions for the future. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. All right. Very good. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Brian? Oh, yeah. You got a new show. I do. Shamelessly plug it. (laughs) So Faith in Flagler. It's a new radio show on WNZF at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Um, because building faith strengthens our community. I'm going to interview local faith leaders and talk about kind of practical things that maybe can help people have more peace and happiness in their lives. Um, and I uh, also wanted to plug one story in The Observer. So Brent Warrenoff wrote this great story. This, little, this kid's name is Joseph Parthamore. He's in eighth grade. He was told, his parents were told at four days old that, that he wouldn't survive um, he has had like 20 surgeries. He couldn't even blow out his own birthday candles, you know, and now he's in eighth grade. He's been in a wheelchair his whole life, but he plays the trumpet in the band and he wants, and he's going to, you know, march for the marching band next year. And it's just a really inspirational story. You got to check it out on observerlocalnews.com. All right. Very good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's also uh, today at noon. It's Friday. If you're listening to the podcast, you missed it. Uh, anyway, Flagler Cultural Council annual meeting today noon at the TDC building at the airport. They've got some guest speakers and they need people to go and hear the speakers. So uh, <laughs> go on out there on the Flagler Cultural Council annual. And also tonight, football. Our guys, our broadcast team, we carry a high school football game of the week. It's Matanzas tonight. And also we have like a thousand followers on our because we also put it on TV it's um, we have a couple of cameras and they're doing awesome work on it. Yeah, and, it's very um, cool so, on the YouTube channel, right? For yeah, you. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so check that out tonight. Uh, kickoff seven o'clock live here on WNZF with Rich Carroll and Mike Lee Show. And um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, we're going to be working with the city since I'm already overtime here. Since uh, we're going to be working with the city on the on the Alighted Boat Parade this year. Absolutely, yes, it's one of our most favorite events that we have, and we get a lot of attention for it. So it's and great. We've asked you to be one of our color commentators. So. That's right. Yeah, right. me and my son will be there. All right, very good. All right, everybody, we got to go. We'll put you back to reality with ABC News and the Else World, but uh, here in Palm Coast, Flagler County, we're doing pretty good. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235CW Benel.